Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. On this week's podcast, I chat to two of my teammates from my rugby club, the mighty Rachel Decker RFC. We talk about lockdowns, the future of the club, and we share some memories. But before we get there, along with our friends at Rugby Store, we're giving away a Six Nations shirt of your choosing over on our social media channels. Head to our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram channels, and all the links are in the show notes, and just tell us who you think will win the 2021 Guinness Six Nations, and we'll pick a winner at the end of January. But if you're looking to save some money off your new rugby gear, head to rugbystore.co.uk and save yourselves 10% off when you use the promo code FYBPOD. Now, let's get to my conversation with Rob and Harry from Rachel Decker RFC. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. My name is Sean Phelan, hope you're all well. Um, today we're going to have a, another of our club focus editions and we're going to talk about uh, yeah. a club near and dear to my heart, it's my club, it's Michael Decker RFC. So uh, at the top you've got Robert Holmes, the chairman, uh, he's now been on three times so he'll get a, a hat-trick ball or something. <laughs> Three times in in thirty odd episodes. It's not it's not a bad uh, it's not a bad rate. Uh, and then we've got our fixture secretary and hooker extraordinaire Harry Lowther, token Welshman. Uh, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Hi, how are we doing? So, um, Robert, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about the club, uh, how you joined, and uh, how long you've been playing. Um. Oh, too long to be brutally honest to the last one, but I'll come back to that in a second. So the uh, club has been around for 61 years now, or just about to be 62. Uh, started in 1959 as a works team for Rachel Decker that was a large uh, avionics um, uh, radar uh, record company or various parts of were uh, back in the 50s um, had a big sports uh, club like most big companies back then all had their own uh, sports ground and their bars and their affiliated clubs and various different sports that they took part in uh, so that's where it started from um, and you could only play for the club if you was an employee of the business until uh, until about until mid 80s in the late uh 60s, early 70s, there was a, a rash of uh, redundancies and uh, most of the rugby team were unfortunately made redundant at the time. So they weren't allowed to play for the club anymore. So they then went out and formed another club, uh, Tenet and Antlers, uh, I believe, or so legend has it, or so we keep telling everybody. So it's on our website, so I hope it's right. Um, but uh, we're still followed by, um, we, we still have interactions on our social media and, and we've had... Uh, members of that squad come back for our 60th in 2019 uh so yeah it must be true otherwise they would have said it we have said something by now uh so yeah so since then it's just been a kind of come one come all uh the company is long since gone uh it went in 99 uh the last parts of Rachel Decker were bought out by a French company called Talis so the company disappeared uh and over the last two decades all of the other sports clubs have gone. The uh, Bowls Club, the 
uh, even at a yacht club and a shooting club. For some reason, the rugby pitch was next to the shooting alley. I can't help but think <laughs> at some point that that was a uh, motivational point by the rugby captain at the time uh, to make sure that you kept uh, you kept on your toes. Otherwise, you'd get taken out by one of the marksmen with an air rifle. Um, so, yeah, so they um, all the other Wakel Decker teams went and, and we're the last ones left. Um, and I've been with the club since uh, 2001. Um, so I've just, I would have completed uh, 20 seasons. I'm just about to hit 20, uh, 20 years in, in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, like I say, my first game, we started a shooting rally, a shooting early down the side of the pitch. So I was standing on the sideline waiting to make my debut at the first game I rocked up at. And all I could hear was ping, ping, ping in the background. I asked one of the old heads who was there at the time, I said, what's that noise? He went, oh, that's the uh, air rifles behind those trees over there. So uh, when you get on, make sure you put a penny of energy because they will pick you off. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, so that, so that was it. I I joined the club in, like I say, in in two thousand and one, just as um, uh, the Rachel Decker uh, company name and sports ground all changed hands, and uh, and pretty much ever since then we've been playing our home games at Tol- Kingston University's Tolworth Court, uh, fantastic facilities, um, and fantastic pitch ever since. So uh, we still managed to go back to our spiritual home once a year for a testimonial, um, which was going to be mine. Um, this year, but uh, the boat from last year didn't get, oh, the boat from last season didn't get here, so everything's been moved up one. So I live <laughs> to fly another day before I become a testimonial recipient. Um, but yeah, so that's the kind of history of the club. And uh, and in those 20 years, I've pretty much done uh, most jobs uh, behind the scenes, uh, captain, treasurer, fixture secretary, um, secretary, uh, and, and now chair. So it's... Um, uh, I love it to be honest. I absolutely love love the kind of ins and outs of it all, and, and trying to keep us going the little engine that could. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, Harry, how did you get involved? So I moved down this way, um, twenty fourteen, I think. Um, I got a job in Epsom, sort of November twenty fourteen, and then moved to Tolworth for a, like a flat share uh 2015 i think about march time 2015 and um i had an australian housemate and i was like oh you know is there any local rugby clubs or anything down here and he goes oh yeah i think i think the old guy across the road is a member of a rugby club or something um so sort of got introduced to him across the road it's pete garrett one of the sort of founding members of the club uh, one of the old guard um he puts me in touch with woody um it's like oh yeah come down to training you know we started pre-season training in the summer blah 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 so me and uh marty my australian housemate rock up and uh the end is is sort of history it's just started playing from there and it's, wow it must be my fifth season now um but yeah just sort of really enjoyed it straight from the off because um just a sort of nice and easy um relaxed sort of um atmosphere easy to get along with everyone um and uh my job i kind of work evenings and stuff when i first started out so there was no pressure of like being at training and all that sort of stuff that ability to just sort of rock up on a saturday say hi to everyone play a game and have a couple of beers or whatever afterwards was um was ideal and uh yeah really enjoyed um sort of social rugby sort of since 
so tell us about the team, Harry. We, you know, we're quite unique as if we, you know, we've got one team. Um, but yeah, chat about the team and uh, who's who's involved. And um, yeah. so um, I'm fixture secretary at the moment. So um, it's been quite an easy year for me. I've uh, had next to nothing to do. <laughs> Normally, I'm scrambling around on a Wednesday, Thursday because someone's dropped out, and you're trying to find find a team and drag a couple of extra players along with Woody and Larry and Quincy. But um, it's been quite easy this year. But um, yeah, it's just a a good mix of sort of ages, um, abilities, everything really. The club, um, you know, you've got the amazing forwards that are, you know basically winning all the time, you know, me leading from the pack at hooker. And then, you know, you've got people like Woody at fly half dropping the ball all the time, you know, <coughs> <laughs> no, it's a good mix. It's a good mix of, um, uh, old and young. We've got some few new youngsters coming through. Um, yeah, great bunch, loads of different abilities and stuff like that, but it's just the kind of, look up and uh, and play sort of sort of rugby there's no there's no great um training park moves or anything like that it's um it's all fairly uh play what's in front of you and just 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 enjoy it and uh just put your body on the line for each other and for the badge so uh, it's quite good that way just a quick name change there, gents, just to bring everybody who's watching this into or um, always and for the listeners. Uh, when he mentioned Woody dropping the ball, yes, he was talking about me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and yes, it does happen quite often. <laughs> not, well, not often what, enough, what, unfortunately, what? because we can't seem to get our own ball back once it gets in there. Um, given that in the last probably five years, I spent about 50% of the time at either one or three trying to do it myself um yeah it's uh yeah it doesn't happen quite as often as it used to to be fair because normally, no, I'm, normally, normally i'm standing next to you h yeah uh, exactly you're normally uh, on one of my shoulders yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, like yeah. probably at the bottom of the ruck or at, at the bottom of the previous ruck still there breathing out of your arm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just waiting for the waiting for the play to come back to to, to where i was originally <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you stand still long enough, it will end up back in front of you, right, right, yeah, right, right on your plate. It has to. So, uh, how does the club uh, attract new players? When, uh, how were you both uh, recruited, as such? Um, but how does the club go about finding the the new blood to keep the club going? I was, uh, I suppose, officially, I was recruited by your dad. Yeah. Uh, so, I for was... context, I guess for context, my dad. Uh, again, a bit like Robert uh, and I guess myself a little bit. We've 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 done every job going. We've been captains and uh, chairmans and fixture secretaries and uh, chief cook and bottle washer. I guess uh, and the reason I play is because you know, I watched my dad growing up and wanted to do that. So yeah. So sorry, Rob. Yeah. So it was your. It was actually your dad that um, I was at a party of my uh, now stepdad's uh, 40th party uh, 20 years ago. Um, and I was, uh, uh, me and my now wife uh, sort of rocked up to the party and most of the Decker lads were there. Uh, our, our oldest, oldest Ed ever, Cookie, who finished playing at the age of 67, was giving it large on a dance floor. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was one of the kind of first memories of all of the Decker lads. And I happened to be, uh, outside uh, sharing a mobile light with your dad and uh, your uncle. 
uh, <laughs> at the time I was uh, a very keen footballer and um, and serving a sick week ban, um, and so couldn't play on a Saturday afternoon, and basically got called out and was like, Do "You play rugby?" It's like, "Yeah, I played. I haven't played for a while, but yeah, I used to." Well, what are you doing on Saturdays? Well, actually, I'm, I can't do anything for six weeks, or certainly not with a round ball, because I mean, otherwise I'll get bang in trouble. But yeah, I'll come and have a game. Uh, and that was it, really. I walked up sort of two weeks later uh, with a mate of mine, because uh, he was the one who took me out of fire left hand that got me sent off in the first place. So I blamed him and brought him down with me. Uh, and, uh, and and that was it, really. We was off. I kind of never really went back to playing Saturday football from, from there on. Uh, walked into a changing room with... Literally walked in there with a mate of mine. The only person I really knew was the guy that I turned up with. Um, walked in, um, was made to feel uh, both welcomed and ostracised for being a footballer in exactly the same time, in exactly the same manner, uh, and, with, and with exactly uh, equal amounts of, um, uh, uh, I suppose, respect and, uh, and and disrespect on both sides. One, that I was willing to put a shirt on, but two, that how dare I have ever kicked a football <laughs> or seen a football. Um, it was very different back then. Um <laughs> I don't think turning up with a pair of gold Nike Louis Figo boots really helped. <laughs> this was this was like I say, two thousand and one. Um, the average a the average weight of our pack back then was kind of about one hundred and thirty five stone. Um, they were all big. I mean, don't get me wrong, no one pushed us off it. We couldn't get around a park, but no one pushed <laughs> us off it. Uh, very much old school. You know, you got guys in there that are polishing the white stripes out of their plain Adidas or white night ticks, colouring it in with a permanent marker. And I turn up in a pair of gold boots. And I just remember uh, Paul Hemmings, who um, came up to me before the game and um, the skipper at the time, Nobby, sort of, you, you started on the bench and you kind of, uh, that's where everyone began. Uh, I just remember Paul coming up to me and said, um, uh, I won't imitate the, his acting, but just came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder and looked down at my feet and went, you better be good, son. Uh, and I was like, I've not played senior rugby ever, so this is going to be fun. Um, but uh, I still managed to keep hold of those boots for the next couple of games. So clearly I did all right because he didn't burn them or hide them or, or rip them apart. So uh, that wasn't too bad. Uh, so, yeah, so I was, I suppose, effectively um, introduced by your, by your dad uh, at a party and that's, that kind of story of mates of mates or people that you met and, you know, we've dragged people in from the pub uh, to literally drag people in from the pub. Um, we've had a couple of guys that we've gone to play for another club. They, we were short. They've played for us. They've ended up staying with us and never playing for another uh, UK rugby club again. Um, you know, so it's all mates of mates and people we meet and kidnappings. Um and that's that's kind of that was our recruitment policy for about the first ten years I was with the club. So, what's the recruitment policy like these days, Harry? Well, uh, it's still a bit of uh, haranguing people on night out. You know, we still quite often go out with uh, Larry, the captain, and a few others, and uh, we go out to pull, but not women, but uh, potential rugby players. That's anyone we think, oh, they might play rugby. Have you ever played rugby? And we end up with a couple of phone numbers for, for rugby the next day and then uh, get a couple of people on. But um, well, we've tried quite a few things the last couple of years or so. Um, 
sort of Facebook campaigns and things like that have been quite useful. Um, we've picked up a couple that way. We've even tried um, sort of like flyer in, but also going out fully kitted out as as the squad whilst doing flyer in so pe- people see you and maybe pick up your numbers. Um, but a lot of it still, I would think, is mates of mates and people you know. So like, like I was saying, I moved into the area Tolworth is right by the ground. I say, you know, I've played rugby since I was little, so just just finished, come out of uni and stopped playing for a year or so, looking to get back into rugby. And, and there it was. And, you know, what a great bunch of lads. I think, I think that's the thing. If you can get anyone down to training or down to a game, they'll, they'll, in, they'll remember what rugby was or, you know, they'll enjoy themselves. They'll like, they'll like the lads, the group, the atmosphere. And you know, just just playing rugby, just just to enjoy it. No, no, no other real agenda. You know, we're not a team that's looking to get promoted to the Premiership or anything else like that. We, you know, it's um, we want to win every game, but 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 you know, ultimately, it's about um, about having fun. And I think people come along, enjoy that atmosphere, and you know, like Woody says, you know might have met them at the pub and they come down, they might have played for someone else and they're helping us out for the day. Um, and people tend to tend to stick around or, you know, they're a mate of someone and they come down on the off chance and then they, they end up playing quite a, quite a few more games. Um, but yeah, we're always trying to think of something new to try and recruit people, but it's uh, it's a bit of a challenge for us because as, as we sort of said, we were one team side so there's no there's no cults there's no youth division or whatever bringing people um through i suppose I suppose we're waiting for your kids to grow up sean and then uh, we, can have, <laughs> we can have some more players um yeah well i, I was reading today actually that uh, positions four and five are the most valuable in world rugby so actually they're going to play professional and earn some money no, <laughs> in, your, in your house that was always the case though wasn't it well, yeah, that was, yeah. Well, I remember the first time you got on a pitch. I think it was your dad's testimonial. Yeah, so I that would have been were... 2004, 2005. Yeah, so you were, what, 13, 14 years old? 13 or 14, yeah. Yeah, six foot four. <laughs> Not an exaggeration, six foot four. No, that's uh, true, yeah, that's true. What came onto the pitch in your dad's testimonial, and everyone was like, right, we've got a young lad on here, so if he gets the ball, we'll just go to touch. So just... <laughs> just be mindful. Um, I think you was on the pitch for about four minutes, and yeah. then one of our wingers just saw a big lump catch a ball and belted you. Yeah. And literally everyone just went, Oh no. <laughs> and then I don't know what was more shocking the look on your face as it happened, your dad's face as it <laughs> happened, uh, the face of everybody else, like was what what's what's going on, or Phil who did it. Who then got up and realised what? It really... Yeah, well, Rob's disappeared. Uh, yeah, finished that story. Yeah, got whacked, completely whacked. I don't think it put me off though, because you know, it's 15, 16 years later, I'm still here, still doing it. Yeah, not as probably not as much as we'd like to these days, but due to work and family and stuff like that. But I guess that's like anyone. Yeah. But I love it, and you know, I, I love the club. Uh, so, how was lockdown? For uh, do you want to finish that story, Will? Sorry, sorry, I need to put another fifty p in the meter. 
Uh, so, I, I don't know what was what. I don't know where I got to. I don't know what was what was more uh, concerning the look uh, the look on everybody's faces or Phil, who um, who was the who was the culprit, who didn't realise that the fellow that was taller than him that he just belted uh, uh -huh. was a, was effectively a child, uh, who was in. I, I've never heard somebody shout the word sorry so clearly for a gum shield for probably about the next 10 minutes as he kind of you, uh, and to be fair you, you kind of dusted it off the best you could um and kind of i'm all right to carry on and he's like oh, i'm so sorry i don't i think he went off in, in just kind of regret and guilt uh where, where you carried on so yeah sorry for for, for cutting off mid-flow there that's all right we can edit it out it's fine it's pretty recorded um, so um how how difficult do you think it is uh for a club like ours that doesn't have you know we don't have training facilities per se we don't have a clubhouse per se uh you know all we've got is a is a rugby pitch and a set of shirts how how difficult is it for us to keep people engaged or, or even do recruitment i think it's um it's quite difficult because um like you say there's no there's no hub if you will um for people to go back to so you know people might meet down the, the, the clubhouse for training or watch an international match or whatever um but i think we're quite good nowadays especially with modern technology um i mean through lockdown for example we've been doing little zoom quizzes and just dropping everyone a message and things like that we're always quite keen to um, keep in contact with the lads, um, do do little things, meet up when we can, you know, do sort of impromptu socials or, you know, even if there's a few of you locally, because um, quite uh, our membership's quite sort of spread out because we've all kind of come here from different areas. So, you know, we're not all local like in um, some other uh clubs so you know you might have little pockets of people for, that all live together that might hang out and you know you just try and um keep the chat up organize whatever you can you know watch wales win the six nations um you know anything uh that was a little while ago yeah, yeah, yeah don't do that often. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i think you just you've just got to make a conscious effort to to keep the chat up um, whether it WhatsApp, whether it be um, Facebook, giving people, a, a, you know, actual old school phone call, dropping people a text, just making sure, you know, people are staying in contact, just just keeping social with the, with the guys, seeing what's going on. Um, yeah, well, I think we're quite good at that, but it is, it is a bit more tricky, I think, without having that sort of HQ that everyone can sort of revolve around. But I think I think we're generally quite good as a membership and um, sort of committee trying to uh, always think about things because you you notice the impact on the field. Where When we've had a couple of weeks where maybe a couple of people, a couple of lads have gone for a drink or done something after the game or people were, where we've played a few games in a row, there is a there is a bit of camaraderie there, a bit of gelling, a bit, bit more social aspect and you see it on the field everyone's just a bit more i don't know with it a bit more together so it does make a difference and it is important um to try and keep in contact with everyone and try and keep that aspect of it you know in a normal year but then especially this year 
with everything going on, we've made an extra effort, I think, just to just to check in with everyone, just to make sure everyone's doing well, because, you know, rugby's a fun game and everything. Um, but at the other end of it, you know, it is, it is good for people's mental health. It's, in, it's something that people get the chance to go outside, socialise with other people. You know, a lot of people this year might have been indoors working from home for nine months of the year. So that bit of training on Saturday is the only bit of contact they get with people or, or do you know what I mean that little message from your mates at the rugby club is the only bit that you get so I think um it's extra important this year but um but yeah I think we do we do what we can um but yeah yeah I think our our unique um our unique selling point of being uh, a one team club that doesn't have all the kind of normal trappings of a, uh, a, a of a clubhouse to maintain and so on and so forth. And that attitude of, um, you know, we've got a core of players and every year you have that same core. And, you know, fortunately, um, as we, as one person drops out of those, somebody else kind of joins in, but our attitude is the kind of the, the, the deck away, as we call it, is that, you know, you rock up on a Saturday afternoon, you're guaranteed, 40 minutes or 80 minutes of rugby. And unless um, you specifically ask <coughs> Dave Villain uh, for tw- for 10 minutes at the end, you know what I mean? But the, 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 the assumption is we need everybody that we can get there. The guarantee is you get 40 or 80 minutes. If you want less than that, you can ask for less than that. You better, you know what I mean? Historically, you better pick those dates specifically because more often than not, that's not an, that's not a, an option. Um, but with that, kind of attitude and that kind of loose attitude to you know we're there for when people want to kind of pick it pick us up and drop us off and uh, and dip in and out of rugby which is probably 30 to 40 percent of our players during the course of the year it becomes really difficult in lockdown when you when, when you're trying to galvanize everybody together um we've been specifically this year we've been really fortunate that our our coach uh, and our president matt Taylor, uh, hello Matt, he's not been very well for the last couple of weeks, so I hope you're feeling better, um, ha- was a rugby coach elsewhere at school and his son has now got to the age where he can play uh, senior rugby. So we've had a kind of influx of uh, of eight or so of these young lads this year at training on a Saturday, on a Saturday morning, Alexandra Park, Tolworth, as soon as we get back out of uh, tiers three or four or whatever we are, uh, once once we can move again, that's where we are, it's Alexandra Park, Saturday mornings, 10.45, Tolworth. Um, <laughs> the, uh, we've had those guys that have come down that have really bolstered our numbers, but actually that kind of absence making the heart grow fonder for rugby during the course of lockdown has also meant that since we started this in the, uh, the first weekend of August, and I think we had 17 or 18 sessions, uh, over those 17 or 18 sessions, we'd had 23 guys that would have normally played for us outside of those additional eight. Now, don't get me wrong, if they all turned up on a Saturday afternoon for a game, that puts us at uh, 31 players and we're banging trouble. Um, but we also know that, that the nature of who we are as a club, that's not going to happen. But we're trying to make sure that when we haven't seen someone for three or four weeks, outside of the committee and within that group of guys that have been training, someone's picking up the message away from everybody else and just going, how are you doing? You know, and that, 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 that attitude has almost grown very deliberately to start with, but now is just part of us. It was yeah. always, we've always, we've always had this thing of we've not been a clicky club. You walked in, you walk in a change room, you know, you can see the people that have known each other for years, like me and you, Sean, I've known you since literally you were a, were a teenager. Um, but it's only probably in the last sort of 10 years where 
we become really good friends before then. Yeah. But you know that 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 sort of almost that you were at the club when I got there twenty years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but that's not clicky at all. That's just the fact that we've got this ongoing relationship. You have someone like uh, H comes in with with his flatmate at the time, uh, Martin. If you're watching or if you ever hear this, uh, <laughs> I wish you well. Absolutely fantastic clubman comes in, goes training, does his ACL, can't play rugby for two years, comes on a tour, gets given a dress on tour, spends the last never never played a game, has never played a game. Not through lack of trying, not through lack of effort, not through lack of desire, but just through sheer uh, uh, um, sheer bad, bad, bad fortune on his part. Comes on tour, absolute legend. Where's the dress? Goes down in, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the stories that we that we share for years. And there's, we've got other guys that have done similar things that have kind of become a massive highlight uh, during the course of uh, of our very tiny club. Um, and we, you know, for years spent time trying to actually get recognised as the smallest rugby club in the world, and I believe that we still are. Um, and that uniqueness, like I say, can, can be both a blessing and as, as a curse. I do have to say um, that whilst we haven't got a traditional clubhouse, um, that we've been really fortunate over the last 20 years that we have fantastic facilities that we rent through Kingston University. And one of our biggest fears is because we've not one, the relationship that we, we used to book with the same person for, for the best part of 20 years there. Uh, she's uh, now uh, retired. Um, the fact that we've not been around and, uh, and not been there to what does, yeah, I mean, ha hopefully that relationship is still as strong as ever uh, and will continue. But uh, uh, in addition to that, we've also picked up a very close association with a pub in Tolworth uh, who have been fantastic through the various different lockdowns of when they was open and when they were closed and, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. So the Castle Pub in Tolworth, uh, if any, once pubs are, uh, if they ever become a thing again, I'm sure we'll get, we'll get down there. Uh, so we've been really fortunate that we've been able to forge relationships that we can take that kind of normal trappings of a clubhouse and a pitch and all that sort of stuff, do it, do it our way, but have consistency of that for, for a, over a period of time. No, 100%. 100%. It's, uh, what we've got is something special uh, and it's, very unique and yeah wouldn't have it any other way um just sort of touching on lockdown then and, and players have you have we had any uh players say that due to the pandemic or, or the anything like that that they're not going to come back and play because i think that was a big fear at the start that there was going to be this generation sort of perhaps the older generation that uh might decide that that's it have we had any sort of people that might have suggested that, that that's it which we've had guys that have had to be careful we've had guys that um when training started again um you know would because of their personal circumstances and because they live in houses with vulnerable people parents etc um that they they couldn't come down to train um and i think initially there may have been some um hesitance to kind of tell everybody what was going on whereas you know actually having that information and being and having that spread meant that we could not only understand that we weren't going to lose this person for, for a long period of time, but also make sure that we, that we, we made that slightly uh, more effort uh, of kind of checking in. We've had, we've had one guy who, um, who I've played with for the best part of 20 years, who, who, who due to, I think the pandemic was the kind of now in the coffin uh, for his time in, in, in the UK, went back to South Africa. But I don't think we've had anybody that's kind of turned around and said, 
actually, I think, better of it. I think there may have been some of that at the beginning, but because the gap was so long, it went from kind of, I'm really enjoying the fact that I don't hurt. Um, I really quite like the fact that I can lift my head off the pillow on a Sunday morning. Um, and that I'm not, you know, I mean, when I take the kids down to the park, I literally can't keep up with a five-year-old because I've just caught my hamstrings gone, my calf's gone, and my back's gone. To I really miss this. To then I've now got an outlet for it. And yeah. you walk onto a training paddock with eight youngsters who all know each other but don't really know everybody else. But after a couple of weeks, I've kind of been enveloped into that kind of that club banter already. Um and you kind of get down there and you're like, there's eight blokes here I don't know, but they seem to know everybody else. I feel like I'm missing out. So, you know, I mean, you put a couple of runner sessions together. So, I touch wood, um, hopefully, uh, without the kind of natural um, sort of drop-off that we would see anyway, um, through people relocating. We've had another guy that's relocated up north uh, under cover of darkness. Yes, Jordan, we do know that you uh, you did that. It has, the word has got out. <laughs> we will find you. Uh <laughs> We just need someone, uh, your part, Paddy. We need someone with a Liam Neeson accent to get on the phone to him and just tell him <laughs> that they're going to find him. Um, but yeah, so like I say, relocations have happened now. Have they, have they been accelerated by the pandemic? Yes, I don't think anybody, I don't think we've lost anybody because they thought actually it, my life's a lot easier now because I can move. Yeah, um, because I also think that speaking on personal experience, after a couple of months of lockdown, it's like. No, I can't move again, and it's nothing to do with rugby. It's purely because I know where that cupboard is in my kitchen. <laughs> All the good stuff's in. Yeah, I think, uh, like Woody said, I don't think we've had, like you say, anyone anyone do that. But um, I think for me, same as any other season, you know, you finish your season in May or whatever, and the first couple of, things, couple of weeks you think, oh, this is great. Get up on a Sunday morning, like, Oh, look at me, like moving around, able to move things about. But then this itch just starts building sort of week by week where you just miss rugby. And it's not necessarily like hitting someone or anything like that, but it's just like seeing the people having like contact, just playing the game. It just it just it just grows. And by the time you get to August, September preseason. You know you're you're raring to go again, and you know like Woody says, you're a bit slower, a bit uh, a bit unfit, carrying a carrying a carrying a couple extra couple of pounds, um, and I think lockdown just made that a more extreme version of that. You know, yeah. you you that itch got really big, and you just wanted to, and you know, you're stuck inside anyway. You know, you can go for walks and runs and things like that, but. I don't know about you guys, but for me, like I can go on runs and stuff, but I just don't have the drive to run around a loop of a park and push myself. But if I'm chasing a rugby ball, then, you know, I'm quite happily run at it 100 miles an hour. Um, and it was really great to start training again, get back to that. Um, just just being out and about and seeing people again and having that uh, contact and playing, playing rugby again, really. Um, so I think I think that's the thing. It's just we're lucky that we're able to actually. It's one of the sports that, although it's been mainly affected by COVID, at least now we're able to actually get back to doing it and stuff and um, doing back to what we love. Definitely right. So last couple of questions then. Um, so one your uh, favourite moments in a in a Decca rugby shirt. Uh, we'll start with you, Harry. Um. <laughs> 
That is a tough question. Um, give me a second. I just need to charge. So I'm just going to grab a charger. So if you go to Woody, then it gives me a couple of minutes to think and I'll come back charged up. Um, we've we've been quite uh, yeah we've been quite fortunate actually that over the car over the past sort of twenty years or so there's been quite a few um, uh, things that you wouldn't have expected to happen. We ran a competition back in 2015 where we did a World Cup uh, in a day, uh, the smallest rugby club World Cup. Um, and we had sides that visited us from uh, from just down the road, uh, some, some local some local sides to Gloucestershire, to Cambridgeshire, uh, all the way to Malta came over for the tournament, uh, as well as from the South Coast, uh, South Coast in, in our friends at Sinkport. Uh, and delivering that was amazing. Uh, and taking part in that day was fantastic. Uh, and uh, and I'm sure people who are familiar with Fill Your Boots know that this kind of the Fill Your Boots uh, brainchild came out of, 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 of off the back of that. And as yeah. much as you know, 30 odd players available for Decca because we're playing in our own tournament to 12 the following week. Uh, and then, like I say, that kind of that that was the kind of brainchild that that you kind of took on and run with it. But it was actually the build up to that. The build up to that tournament was there was there was ridiculously ridiculously stupid um in the best possible way uh highlights to that whether it was us being on rugby tonight and getting interviewed on live tv about our event uh launching the we deal and real uh campaign with um uh with land rover and having a game against a side that um uh, that we were really familiar with um, and having Clive Woodbridge as our coach for the day, and Johnny Wilkinson bringing and Matt Gitto bringing me on a kicking tee to in our changing room, swept out by Brian Habana, and having Felipe Contopomi cutting oranges for us. It's on YouTube, find it, it's amazing. Um, uh, and those kind of days where you just and because I had quite a, a lot to do with the delivery of that, and uh, and actually. The side that we played against, Stretman, Coyne and Threes and Abdul, uh, massive shout out to you guys as well, um, who I called up and rang about two months before that and said to him, look, we play you on Saturdays. At this weekend, we're not playing you Saturday, we're playing you on Sunday. I can't tell you where, what, how, who, but just be at our club at a time. You can bring 23 people. I can't tell you anything else about it. 46 fellas got onto two coaches, got driven to a rugby club out, far away from where we, we, we normally play and 45 of them didn't really know everything that was going to happen. Some people had to get told some parts, but just to, for me to sit back and to be able to watch guys that I played against for God knows how long at that point and guys that I played with for 15 years at that point kind of have that experience and being able to be a part of being that delivered were just we were sitting back in the clubhouse uh, whilst your dad, uh, again, Mick gets quite a few mentions on this, but while your dad uh, was being referred to as dad by Brad Thorne, who at that point was the most decorated rugby player in the world, um, whilst he's got his arm around your old man calling him dad and where have you been all my life, was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. But to be able to, to have an impact or an input into delivering that for everybody else, don't get me wrong, I had my photos done with all of them as well, it was great. Um, that is absolutely huge uh, as a highlight, uh, but as a as a as an actual Decca memory, I think being 
captain of one of the one of the testimonial sides in 2009 when the club was 50 years old, uh, and it was it was a testimonial for the club uh, and leading out the blue and whites on that day, uh, and having uh, we opened up our um, uh, wall of honour for uh, guys that hadn't had testimonials or, or because that wasn't an initiative back then, um, and leading out the blue and whites on that day as a captain in front of guys that I played with for years, in front of guys that played for the club that long before I was even uh, even around uh, uh, in any way, shape or form. From a Decker point of view, that was my Decker highlight. From a rugby point of view, the kind of mixing with the stars and having uh, all the trimmings for, for one day would be my two. Yeah, incredible memories. Harry, have you had time to think? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's just twigged actually. All that stuff from the smallest rugby world cup was amazing. Yeah, that Land Rover day, um, with all those rugby stars playing and being on um, BT Sport Rugby Tonight and all that sort of stuff. And we've had a couple of um, our end of season awards, uh, Twickenham, they've been um, quite special as well. But for me, um, it's um, just a kind of singular moment. Um, we were playing against Teddington Twos away. Um, and I think Alan Parry, our number eight, made a break. I'm on his shoulder, you know, as always. He never really passes to me. This time, <laughs> he's actually passed it to me. I've caught it. And then, you know, I, I maybe sidestep someone and then um, I get tackled and then I pass it to either you Sean or Paul, um, you were both playing second row that day and I offload it to one of you guys and then you offload it to either Paul or I can't remember if you went in or Paul went in for the try, but it just summed up Decker in one moment yeah. absolutely brilliantly. That we did, Someone made a little break, there was always someone on the shoulder, offload, little offload, little offload, and then we go in and it's one of those kind of, you know, it felt like a full 15, everyone had touched the ball kind of try but it just for me it just kind of summed up how i see how we kind of play when we get our attacking game going it is it's just someone makes a little break someone on the shoulder a couple of offloads and all of a sudden you've scored like a, a special little try and it's quite a nice um team moment so yeah for, for me that's the sort of deca moment that i can i can pick out in a shirt awesome yeah, I remember that day. I remember. I don't. I can't remember whether it was me that scored or Alan that scored. But yeah, it was. It was pretty special. All right, and finally, then, gents, the last, uh, the last question, uh, as we ask everyone, um, uh, your hopes and your fears for uh, for grassroots rugby uh, at all the club in twenty twenty one. I guess. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. <laughs> um, I guess hopes and fears is, is uh, I think probably everyone's probably said that said this, but I, I think it's around COVID and and this season that you know I hope that we can get back to a lower tier where we can get back to training, back to seeing the lads, and hopefully um, playing some rugby again, um, getting some fitness back, and just looking forward to playing sort of rugby. Whatever, whatever form that may take, you know, um, currently looking at no, um, no scrums and no, no malls, which will probably um, suit me as a sort of more mobile forward, but maybe not suit um, others. Um, 
And then uh, I get, I get <laughs> not pointing any fingers. Um, and uh, I guess uh, I guess fears is that you know that we don't get back to rugby this year, or you know if even if we do next year, that somehow the the game's been affected. You know that a couple of people decide that, you know that they don't want to play anymore, or you know we lose too many players. But to be honest, I'm more I'm more positive and more hopeful thinking, um, you know, like Woody touched upon, we've got a few younger lads joining the club now. We're, see, we're still seeing lads down at training. I've not seen a massive um, downturn in player numbers or anything like that. So I think when rugby does return, I think, you know, we'll have guys on the pitch. We'll get back to enjoying playing together and um, just just having fun out there. Um but yeah, I, th- I think I think that's it at the moment. It's just trying to um, hopes and fears. But I suppose as a fixture secretary, you know, my hope is that this continues and I never have to organise a fixture again. My fear <laughs> is that rugby comes back and all of a sudden I have to do something. <laughs> and you, Rob? Um, well, yeah, someone asked me this the other day, so uh, I'll go back to I think that. that was it was you, yeah. Um, I didn't know when that article was coming out on your website, but I don't know whether to blow it as an exclusive or or, or, or to keep your powder dry on that. That's no, so, fine. You, you say it. No, I think, like I said, I think mine's with Harry, uh, very much the same thing about making sure that rugby's there. But actually, my concern is um, I, I've got, I've played more rugby than I'm going to play going forward. I'm at that point. I mean, I'm 44 now, so um, I haven't got another 20 years of doing this. Um, as much as I would like to, I just don't think it's going to be there. Uh, so I, my hope is that once we do get back, that all the clubs that I played against in the last two decades are still there. Because, um, as I said in that article to you, you there's guys that uh, I've known for 20 years and I've played against for 20 years, and I may not even know their first name and they may not even know mine. But I know that at the end of a game, where we'll be in the bar and we'll have a drink and across that five minutes there'll be a little yeah, yeah there'll be a little catch up on and a bit of news that we exchanged two or three years before that. Um and my hope is that as you get as you get older and more ingrained into your club, the guys that you communicate with have a tendency to be more of the linchpins of their clubs as well. So you I hope that those guys are still around because if those guys are still around then it means that those clubs are still going. If those clubs are still going, it means that we've got an opposition. So as much as Harry's hope is that we can still play the game, we also need to have a hope that actually we've got people to play against. Um, and uh, and my fear is that those people and those clubs aren't going to be there for because they haven't, like us, we cut our cloth accordingly. We haven't got a clubhouse. We haven't got uh, a pitch. I hope that our relationships are strong enough so they stay on. But I, you know, you hear these, you hear rumours of clubs that are struggling to pay their leases and and so on and so forth. So my hope is those clubs are still there. My fear is that some of them won't be. Um, and as much as we all bemoan the opposition, without that, we're just training, and it's yeah. fun when you've not done anything for a year. But it's now getting to the stages. That's all we've done since August. I want an oppo. I want an opposition. I want a game against somebody else. I want a game against somebody that I know. I want a game against somebody I know that picks me up by the scruff of the neck from the bottom of a ruck or a mall 
and then you turn around and immediately recognize him and you know that you're going to go and have a chat in the bar in about an hour's time. So that's my hope. My fear is that those that those occurrences are going to become less and less. Couldn't put it better myself. Uh, and it yeah, seems like a per per perfect way to end. Um, just, uh, Rob, Harry, just give uh, the uh, club one more shout out. Where can they find us on social media? Dominic. Uh, so uh, we are at rdrfc.com uh, on the Tinter web, uh, Rachel Decker RFC on Facebook, Rachel Decker Rugby on Instagram, Rachel Decker RFC on Twitter. Uh, when we are able to, we shall uh, be training on Saturday mornings in Alexandria Park in Tolworth, 10.45 meet, 11 uh, a.m. start. And if... Pubs are open. They'll be then onto the Castle Pub down the road for well-earned uh, orange juice or Guinness or seven. Um, so that's where we are. Um, fingers crossed when we're playing matches again, we're back playing at uh, Kingston, uh, Kingston University's uh, Tolworth Court, or as our skipper calls it, Tolworth Arms Park, uh, the Thunderdome. Um, and I so uh, I'm, there's not a piece of grass that I've missed more than that pitch. Uh, as we go in on the right-hand side, because it is the best pitch us and anyone that we play in a season plays on because the facilities, the the, change, uh, the match plan facilities are amazing. So that's rdrfc.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, no doubt by this time next week, we'll be dancing on TikTok because we can't train anymore. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out for it. We are everywhere, uh, and if you are anything to do with grassroots rugby, um, I think that uh, you will agree that the fill your boots evolution uh, that we've seen over this summer uh, uh, to go from a player exchange. What do you do when there's no rugby and there's no there's no games to find players for? There's no clubs that are putting anything on that needs players. There's no players that are looking for clubs because you can't do it. What do you do? Well, I know what you do. You start a weekly roundtable that gets everybody from literally us. We are the bottom one of social rugby uh, in England, right the way through to the very top where you're on speed dial to the guy that runs community and grassroots mm -hmm. rugby for the whole country, who I just watched on a webinar with Eddie Jones and Bill Sweeney the other day, uh, talking in exactly the on, same... On that, um, on that, they, 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 didn't accept right my, they, didn't they didn't accept my request so I could watch it. Oh, <laughs> but, I said you that's, that. that's another story. Yeah. Um, but So, yeah, I think that if, if you're anything to do with grass, grassroots rugby um, and anything to do with... Uh, amateur rugby in any way, shape or form, you know how hard Sean's been working over the last six to nine months to make sure that this platform stays as relevant as possible and that people like me, who talk far too much uh, and get really carried away in, what, in our subject matter, have an avenue for us to vent, uh, as well as also meeting some fantastic people while we're doing it. Uh, shout out to Ryan Bath, who I was on a call with, and uh, Jess Hayden, uh, who I was on a call with right at the start of all of this, back in the rugby show back in July, I think that was. So, uh, the Leachy from Staines. Oh, yes. No, you're right. I can't, I can't forget uh, members of the band, because I'm sure we'll get back together at some point. Yes, uh, Leachy from Staines, because he's only just down the road from us as well. So, uh, Sean, what you've done over the last six or nine months has been amazing to keep... Uh, the focus and to keep us all together and to actually make sure that 
we are getting the, the we are getting information right from the very top from the horse's mouth. That is phenomenal. So cheers to you, sir. Wow, uh, you're welcome. If I had a drink, I'd cheers, cheers back. But uh, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. I love doing it, and uh, I love the sport. So yeah, we'll keep going, and hopefully these are still useful to people. And you know, for as long as that is still is still relevant, and and people still want to hear us and and watch us and get involved, and yeah, we keep doing it. So there's plenty more to come. We've got we've got some ideas to. Yeah, it's been tough, but we've got some ideas that can. Uh, could be revealed very shortly uh once i've finished making them all and uh but yeah it is look, it is what it is it's a crap time for everybody and yeah hopefully these are helping in uh you know keep people interested in rugby because uh, without interest we haven't got a game so thank you for that i really appreciate it uh thank you to you rob thank you to you harry for joining me tonight and um yeah don't forget to sort of like and share all this and uh, download the podcast and, and uh, leave us a nice review on iTunes. That'd be really, really uh, appreciative. And obviously, uh, Rugby Store. Go to rugbystore.co.uk, use the promo code FYBPOD. Um, and we've got you know, we've got a big pot of stuff that we want to give to some clubs. So again, that'll be down the line. But, um, so yeah, uh, thank you all for watching. Good night. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Cheers, Sean. Huge thanks again to my teammates Rob and Harry from Rachel Decker RFC for coming on the show. Thanks again to our friends at Rugby Store for supporting the show. Check out rugbystore.co.uk and enter the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout for 10% off your order. I would love it if you would subscribe, review and share our show with everyone you know. Let's make 2021 a huge year for grassroots rugby. And for all the information on Philly Boots, please visit fybrugby.com. My name is Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.